Welcome to Transform and Thrive. Your host, Helen Lee, examines the opportunities and practical solutions for individuals and organizations to transform and thrive in these times. She shares her wisdom and that of other changemakers impacting our world. Tune in for innovative and holistic tools and empowering strategies to reinvent yourself and or your organization and flourish in a world facing different crises. Hi, this is Helen Lee. Welcome to Transform and Thrive. I have here with me a very, very special guest, and his name is Dr. James Doty. Is that how I say it? That is correct. Okay. Um, You were born in California, is that correct? Yes, uh, I was born in Southern California. Southern California, okay. And you're quite a well-known neurosurgeon, amongst other things, a Stanford professor and a wealthy entrepreneur. Um, You've got such an amazing backstory. You know, you apparently went bankrupt, lost everything, felt and that's when exactly when you felt like you gained everything is that also exactly true? yes okay. absolutely so and 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 of course there's a whole lot more to you and you wrote two books uh both with the word magic in it one is into the magic shop um can you tell me the rest of the title the book title Sure. Uh, so the first book that came out, I think it was in 2015, uh, maybe it was 2016, but whatever the case, it was entitled Into the Magic Shop, A Neurosurgeon's Quest to Discover the Mysteries of the Brain and the Secrets of the Heart. The second book, uh, which will come out in May of 2024, is called Mind Magic, The Neuroscience of Manifestation, and how it changes everything. Yeah. I mean, your entire backstory is really, really quite magical, as I mentioned a short while ago. Um, So if you can kindly uh, perhaps make this episode about the science and art of making life magical, that would be wonderful. Absolutely. Well, uh, as you know, uh, I grew up in challenging circumstances. Uh, My father was an alcoholic. Uh, My mother had had a stroke when I was a child and was partially paralyzed, uh, had a seizure disorder, and was chronically depressed to the point where she attempted suicide multiple times. Uh, We were on public assistance essentially my entire childhood. And of course, uh, when one grows up in those environments, it's very difficult uh, to, if you want to use the term succeed, at least by typical societal standards. Uh, Oftentimes, uh, because of poverty, because of drug and alcohol abuse in a family, mental illness in a family, uh, these uh, actually are predictors, unfortunately, of uh, future failure, not of success. Uh, In fact, there's something called adverse childhood uh, experiences or ACEs. And when you add up these different uh, aspects of growing up, as the number increases, the likelihood of um, you being a quote unquote success rapidly diminishes. Many people, uh, because of lack of support, resources, mentoring, finances, and being exposed to uh, ongoing trauma, 
uh, oftentimes will become drug and alcohol users or, or will have mental illness, which of course impairs their ability uh, to function in society. And uh, as a result, uh, many of my peers who I grew up with and knew uh, suffered from uh, these fates. Uh, I was fortunate. And this is actually the reason the book is called Into the Magic Shop, because uh, what would happen oftentimes when there were challenges at home is that I would get on my bicycle and ride as fast and as far away from my house as possible. And I had had an interest in magic. And on one of my trips, uh, I ended up at what we call a strip mall. And there was a magic shop there. And I walked in. Uh, and there was a woman there uh, who was probably in her 50s. Uh, she was very kind. And she greeted me with this extraordinary, radiant smile. And I started asking her questions about magic. Uh, but it turned out, in fact, she was the owner's mother. And the owner was running an errand. And she was simply minding the store. But uh, we ended up having a conversation. And she was the type of individual who I did not feel that she was judging me or looking down upon me. She treated me really like an adult. And I was 12 years old at the time. And uh, so I was quite honest with her when she asked actually questions I would typically avoid, uh, such as related to my background. Uh, after about 20 or 30 minutes of uh, speaking, she said to me, I'm here for another six weeks. And if you show up every day, I think I could teach you something that would really help you. And I immediately said yes. Now, this wasn't because I had some extraordinary insight. Uh, the reality was I had absolutely nothing else to do. And she was actually giving me chocolate chip cookies during our conversation. And uh, um and I was intrigued by what she offered. And ultimately, I did show up every day for six weeks. And, and she offered something that ultimately was quite extraordinary, because this was in the late 60s. Uh, and at that time, the concept of neuroplasticity or changing your brain or meditation were really not in the common uh, lexicon of use among most people. And uh, so the first thing she taught me was a, a mindfulness practice. And what I didn't realize that because essentially I uh, lived in a chronic trauma environment, I uh, was quite um, stressed, but I never knew it. All my muscles were tight. I was always looking around. I couldn't focus because I never knew what was going to happen. So the first thing she taught me was a relaxation exercise. Then she taught me a um, uh, training the mind exercise, if you will, to give me focus once I was relaxed. And then the next thing, which uh, was not typical of traditional mindfulness practices, was that typical mindfulness practices teach you to not attach or respond to negative dialogue. But what she taught me was something a little bit different, which was uh, the ability to change the dialogue from negativity to one of self-affirmation. And then uh, she also taught me from that 
the reality that everyone is suffering uh, in different ways, and that oftentimes I would focus on myself and my own suffering, but I didn't appreciate that other people were suffering. And so it changed how I saw the world. And in fact, as an example, in terms of my parents, I used to have a lot of anger and hostility because I felt I was being ignored or not being taken care of or nurtured. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was that they were suffering in their own way and they did not have the tools uh, to help themselves. And uh, once I was able to see that, it made me much more gentle and kinder and thoughtful. And I no longer um, had this anger or hostility. But and that was it, quite an intervention, right? An extraordinary one. Yes, uh, uh, it was. I mean, again, for a uh, 12-year-old, it, oh. it was quite amazing. And it, it really yeah. was uh, a sort of beyond, uh, if you will, what I certainly was used to. You, you, you're 67 going on 68 now, is that correct? Well, I guess I have to admit that since you've said that to me. But yes, that's correct. <laughs> That's okay. I'm 70. So, <laughs> oh, well, you certainly don't look 70. <laughs> I'll tell you why in a bit. Uh, but the thing is that the reason I mentioned the age is that, um, you know, that, that, that seems to me like it was destiny for you because I, I'm wanting you to now look back, you know, at, at the years, um, 67, 68 years and, um, You've had quite an extraordinary life, right? Do you no, feel? I, uh, well, uh, yes. I mean, I've been extraordinarily blessed. I, I mean, not only uh, in the context of just overcoming uh, um, the situation I was born into, but really far beyond that. Uh, uh, what happens to so many of us is that from childhood, many of us carry bag baggage. And oftentimes that limits our, our perspective of what's possible. And in interacting with this woman whose name was Ruth, she actually liber liberated me from that thinking with a belief that anything was possible. Uh, and in fact, uh, she taught me a type of manifestation uh, whereby uh, if I use certain techniques, I could manifest my own future. And uh, ultimately, this led to me believing I could go to a college and to medical school to become a neurosurgeon. It allowed me to become a successful entrepreneur. Um, and uh, it also resulted in me uh, meeting the Dalai Lama and who became the benefactor of the center that I founded at Stanford. Uh, in 2008, called the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education. Uh, that center is now known throughout the world for the work that we have done, uh, not only on the research of compassion, but also on promoting uh, compassion as an important part of one's life in terms of, frankly, health and longevity, uh, but more importantly, because of its impact on those around you. And so as a result, uh, in addition to becoming the chairman of the Dalai Lama Foundation, I've been able to meet many of the major world spiritual leaders uh, th uh, throughout the world, including Thich Nhat Hanh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Amma the Hugging Saint, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Sadhguru, uh, 
and a whole variety of others, uh, as well as uh, the Dalai, uh, excuse me, as well as uh, uh, Archbishop Tutu. Uh, so it's really been uh, quite extraordinary to not only have accomplished uh, these educational uh, and entrepreneurial activities, but really to be able to spend so much time with the leading spiritual leaders and to learn from them. And uh, again, it, it's been extraordinarily profound and I feel very blessed. And I've also been able to meet individuals around the world who've had a uh, huge influence and impact on my life. You gave one of your books to um, Pope Francis as well, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, I did, as a matter of fact. And uh, it was quite uh, extraordinary to be when, with him yeah. and in his presence. Uh you know, like the Dalai Lama, like Amma and others, these individuals uh, radiate uh, this sense of unconditional love and acceptance. Yes. And it's really profoundly different than most of our interactions. Uh, and so when you're around these individuals, uh, you feel completely different. You feel elevated. You feel that you're okay and that yeah. anything is possible. And uh, and you can understand why so many people want to be close to these individuals or in their presence. And, you know, for me, uh, it's amazing because typically uh, a person will find one guru or spiritual leader and sort of stay with uh, them. And that becomes their whole spiritual uh, or, uh, life, if you will. But for me... Uh, uh, I've been able to know so many and spend so much time. It's uh, really quite an amazing blessing. I, I think you're not just extraordinarily blessed, but you also, um, it's what you did with your entire life. You know, that was extraordinary. What you yourself did, you know, somehow. And, and well, you know, like ahead. it's like what you learned from it and what you're giving to it and to others. That that's what that's that's what I find uh, you know magical about the whole thing, you know. Well, I think oftentimes what people forget is the power they have within themselves, mm. and so many people limit themselves because of uh, negativity from the outside world that limits their vision of what is possible for themselves. You know, it, it's very painful to hear people say, well, you know, I told my mother or my father that I wanted to do this. And they said they laughed at me and said that wasn't possible or these types of statements. And unfortunately, that limits people's belief in themselves and therefore limits their possibilities. I was extraordinarily blessed because I was given the gift of being able to see unlimited possibilities. And uh, I think the other important thing is to be open to all possibilities. So yeah. many things happen around us and we're not attuned to them. And I've been fortunate in that for whatever reason, uh, I have been attuned to my surroundings and possibilities, which has allowed me to uh, meet all of these individuals, spend time with them. But it's also because I've tried to frame my life around uh, being of service to others, because yeah. what so many people forget 
and get unfortunately misguided is the belief that happiness, one, uh, uh, is due to external events and that uh, happiness uh, is translated into money, possessions, power. And if they just have that, they're going to be happy. And sadly, nothing could be further from the truth. All of us have an emptiness inside of us that needs to be filled. And unfortunately, because of the narrative that capitalism has promoted, there's mm -hmm. this false belief that having things uh, will give you happiness. And sadly, uh, many people in the population believe this narrative. And that's why they look up so often to wealthy people. Uh, and unfortunately, the wealthy people, many of them uh, actually feel empty inside, yeah. but they go around exhibiting their wealth to get affirmation from those who uh, uh, look up to them. Yeah. The problem is that it never fills that emptiness. It's like getting uh, food that has no nutrition or sustenance. And uh, the reality is that the only way, because of our evolution as a species, the only way we can fill that void is by being of service to others. Yeah. And when you focus your life on that, uh, uh, magical things happen. Everything changes. There's a world of unlimited possibilities. Uh, but uh, you have to walk the walk as well as talk the talk. And I yeah. think it's not easy. And uh, um, and there is, of course, pain and suffering. Uh, but uh, it is the ability to overcome when you recognize not only um, how actually pain and suffering allows us to grow, to get wisdom, uh, but it also makes you understand that craving and attachment uh, actually lead to suffering. And what I mean by that is when you're focused on the endpoint, what happens is you miss uh, the journey. And it is the journey that actually has the sustenance and uh, nourishment uh, that allows us to grow as human beings and see the true nature of reality. Yeah. Um, the the non-attachment bit is quite a Buddhist um, concept, isn't it? Uh, yes. And are you influenced by Buddhism and well, the spiritual leaders you've met? Well, <clears throat> uh, certainly I am influenced by Buddhist uh, um I won't call it uh, Buddhist uh, ideology, not theology, uh, but Buddhist uh, thought, uh, because it's very beneficial. It's not theistic, uh, and uh, it doesn't limit you if you have personal beliefs uh, in uh, a religious figure, yes. which I don't. Uh, I'm fundamentally an atheist. Uh, I see the challenge for so many people is that... Uh, they uh, want to believe in something that outside gives them themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of themselves. And uh, for me, at least, and this is not to denigrate any person's particular religious practice, but for me, I don't feel a need to have that. Uh, I, if I die tomorrow, 
and there's nothing, it's perfectly okay. I don't need to uh, have everlasting life. I don't need to uh, seek solace uh, from a God. Uh, the only thing I know for certainty is this present moment. And if within this present moment, I can try to be my best self, which is to try to be of service to others, that's all I need. That makes me happy. And we know from science that when you care for others, when you're of service to others, frankly, your physiology works at its best. And uh, so uh, that is my belief system. I certainly don't demand that anyone practice that. Uh, that's just how I see the world. And uh, the interesting thing is in conversations with a lot of these different spiritual and religious leaders, the first thing is uh, they live above their dogma. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly, right. uh, there are different practices among all these different faiths, but for an evolved spiritual leader, they live above them. And yeah. what I mean by this is among all of them, the fundamental principles that guide them are non-judgment, unconditional love, compassion, and uh, acceptance. And uh, that is a mm. universal truth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, that is my belief as well. Um, and, and when you say you're an atheist, I think of, and, and you, you're a neuroscientist, and I, I think of Einstein, who also does not believe in a personal God. Yeah? Yes. But uh, there, to me, there is a godliness within us. And this, I believe, is the power you speak of. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely. In fact, I think uh, that there is uh, universal oneness or transcendence that uh, we're all connected and there is a power within that connection. And uh, there is a, a, whether you want to call it a holiness or a sacredness uh, about that reality. Yeah. And uh, if you want to call that uh uh, godlike, uh, I would certainly agree with that. Uh, you know, the challenge for all of us is to overcome our attachment, our craving, and our ego to be able to look at the other as ourselves. And if we're able to do that, we always make the right decision. Mm. Um, when I say godliness, I it's like we. A, we have a soul within us, and B, um, there's what I would call spirit or the source of everything. Um, and it exists in all things that live and breathe. Um, that's my simple uh, belief, yeah. Well, you know, some people argue that whether it's alive by our definition, that everything has a oscillation or a vibration, and as a result, they're all connected. Uh, uh, certainly I don't have all the answers by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, all of us create a narrative that allows us to live in this world. Now, some of it can be positive. Some of it can be negative. Some of it can actually cause individuals to suffer. Uh, but we all have that. And, uh, the key is to, I believe, incorporate a belief system that um, 
not only allows you to thrive as a human being, but also allows others to thrive. And mm -hmm. if you're able to do that, I think that's the highest um, level of religious practice uh, one can achieve. I have divided this interview with Dr. James Doty into three parts. I believe that you will benefit greatly after listening to this first part to get hold of his first book, Into the Magic Shop, A Neurosurgeon's Quest to Discover the Mysteries of the Brain and the Secrets of the Heart, as it will teach you about harnessing the power of both the brain and the heart. This award-winning New York Times bestseller talks about the extraordinary things that can happen as a result of doing this. And Dr. Doty is himself a great testimony as to what can happen for you as well. I myself teach people a technique to align the brain, the heart, and the gut, which in turn aligns the three aspects of who we all are, our human self, our soul self, and the spirit, consciousness, or vastness that we all stem from and are. This is not a belief that I adopted by learning from someone else or reading umpteen books on, but that I uncovered firsthand through the two major mystical and incredibly profound experiences I had and many other small ones all along the way for decades too. So it is actually from a knowingness rather than a belief that I created my methodology, including this powerful tool called the Golden Globe, which has many different techniques or processes for many different life circumstances and a large variety of people who use it, and which in turn awakens the knowingness of those who use it regularly as prescribed. In Dr. Doty's case, rather than be negatively affected by his adverse childhood experiences, he was blessed by the advantage of adversity, just as I was, although mine was not half as challenging as his was. My greater challenges came much later. I feel that as souls, it was our destiny to experience a particular childhood with all its challenges in order to then help others in our adult life. In fact, I started doing so at the age of three or four, but that's another story. Dr. Doty is indeed a beautiful soul doing truly beautiful work. And other than his book, do also check out the two programs that his Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education at Stanford University runs. He talks about this in part three of this interview, along with some of the very interesting future projects 
he has in mind that I'm sure will help humanity rise. And in part two, we discuss the question I posed, which is, how can people thrive in the next five to 10 years? So be sure to look out for the next two episodes and share this with your friends and family as well. Together, we can create a transformed and thriving world. In the meantime, you can also tune into my work by joining me on my various social media pages and free Facebook group where I post and share a lot as well as at my monthly Zoom sessions, which you can easily sign up for. Or have one-on-one sessions with me if you prefer. Just message or email me. I take empowerment and liberation or maximizing potential to a whole new level as I take people beyond the human potential. You have so much power within you. It is a soul power, a creative power, a truly loving power that humanity hasn't even learned yet how to systematically tap into and fully utilize. Many of us, such as Dr. Doty and I, are doing all we can to contribute towards co-creating a much kinder and equitable world that provides endless abundance for all. And you can join us too as you learn to tap into the power within yourself that can then tap into the endless possibilities that our world already offers and provides if you know how to get past the seeming lack and limitations. So let us help you. Check out the resources we provide. Dr. Doty has a podcast too, also called Into the Magic Shop, like his book. And you can reach me and check out my programs via the various links listed in the show notes of whichever platform you are listening to this podcast episode on be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or others. You can find his email address there as well. We love supporting you. Meanwhile, this is Helen Lee on the Transform and Thrive show, sending you so much love and wishing you endless possibilities of great joy and freedom, peace and abundance at all levels, now and always. Let's create a truly, truly wonderful, balanced and genuinely caring world together and great fulfillment and dreams come true for ourselves and others. Happy transforming and thriving, my beloved friends. You most certainly have the power to do so masterfully and joyously. We can all move towards ultimate mastery now and together. Thank you for joining me. Your presence is vital and very, very much appreciated. As always, bye for now. Bye.